You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. This episode is sponsored by eLiquid. For 20% off your first purchase, visit eliquid.com slash madcast and use the promo code madcast during checkout. Welcome to the best debate in the universe, every debate in the universe, from trying not to sneeze to technical difficulties. With over 3 million downloads, I'm your host, Max. With me is the Deputy Cadet Moderator, Mike Gam. Oh, hello, hello. And as always, our junior journalist, Taylor Nikolai. Wait, Taylor's a guy? Welcome back to the show. Oh, guys, <laughs> <laughs> amazing show today, amazing debate. We're going to be debating... Whether or not the Beatles are overrated, this is something that I think is hotly contested in the music world, and you may be surprised to find out what I believe, <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> Before we get that, though, uh, I want to introduce our, our guest this week. He's a filmmaker, a director, a producer, Dustin Sussman. Dustin, welcome to the yeah, show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And and we've got sitting in for Ron. Ron couldn't make it this week. He's at a wedding. You know, it's wedding season. Yeah. And uh, we've got Mike yes. Gams. Mike, welcome Hello. back to the show. Thank you. I am. Uh, I'm glad to uh, be in the moderator seat. Deputy That's Cadet right. Moderator. Deputy That's right. Cadet. Don't get moderator. too comfortable because moderators can get promoted or demoted on this uh, show. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. And I rarely get comfortable. So. Yeah, that's okay, good. I don't want anyone comfortable. <laughs> Does everyone get married like right now because the weather's nice? I think so, especially in Seattle. Is? Everyone in Seattle gets married like these two weeks. Because it's the only, only time it's like the only time the weather's good. <laughs> it's the only time, right? Like a two week window. So Dustin, we met originally, I believe, on the set of the YouTube gaming live show. I booked you for that. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I actually pushed. I remember we brought you back for a second. Yes, one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was super fun. I debated Matt Pat, the game theorist. That's correct. Yeah. So Matt Pat, this is kind of interesting. I don't. I don't even know if you know this, but we communicated before the show and tried to help each other out with research and. and yeah, I remember it was like for the debate because we did a debate. We did like a live debate on the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I believe it was whether or not Nintendo should get out of the console console game, right? If, if they should stop developing consoles, and we, we had an argument for and against. This was um, probably two about years? a year ago. Two years, two years ago, ago, almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like August, you know, September. Right, right. Ago, yeah. So we had this debate, and I actually, I gave Matt an argument that was bulletproof. And he won the debate by a hair because I think because of that argument, which I think I was the underdog in because Matt Pat's a huge, huge YouTube personality. Are you familiar, Mike? Uh, I am now. Yeah, Matt Pat is. He, he came to prominence because he made a video on YouTube talking about the speed at which Sonic runs versus Mario, right? And he made the case, a very strong case, for why Mario runs faster than Sonic by counting the distance, like the length of a pixel. In a Mario game compared to Sonic, and he made a really compelling. Anyway, that's how Matt Pat came to be. Wow, who cares? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Taylor. And we got Taylor Nikolai, uh, our junior journalist. We're going to have some quick news headlines at the, at the tail end of the show. But Dustin, I want to talk to you about because you have a movie called Oh Rick. That's correct. Right? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've been, uh, the last three years, four years almost, I've been making a comedy documentary that mostly takes place in and around the comedy cellar in New York City. Uh, it is about a uh, mainstay there. His name's Rick Crome. If you ever watched Louis C.K.'s show, he's uh, famous for the gay poker table scene, which is in the first season of the show. I remember uh, that. Right, and I think there's a, con- there's a Rick Crome in every comedy club in the country, somebody who 
has had a great career for 40 years in the entertainment industry. You just don't know who he is. So it's sort of, uh, again, you know, define, sort of redefining success through his eyes to a degree of you get to do what you love for 30, 40 years, even though you didn't become Eddie Murphy. Are you still successful? Right. Again, my opinion is yes. Um, and we kind of use him to kind of tell that story. So he never got his like big career he never came to be a household name correct but he's been doing this for you said how many years going on 40 years i mean he's like an old chicago improv guy so it's like he was in chicago city limits was actually one of the three major you know first real you know improv troops in chicago so he's from chicago originally and then yeah coming to the comedy cellar he's done broadway off broadway i mean the other big thing too is him working at the cellar being also the mainstay you know host there for a long time Dave Chappelle, Louie, yeah. John Stewart, Ray Romano, Colin Quinn. I mean, his his late nighters in the early nineties that he put up is like Judah Freelander, Sarah Silverman, Dave Attell. I mean, it's you know, and a lot of those people talk about it. he also teaches stand up comedy now at the comedy cellar. He's been doing that for the last like seven, eight years. So um, he's one of those rare exceptions of other people in New York that, you know, charge money to teach stand up, you know, that I feel like they're taking people's money, but you have somebody that's I mean, he's been on Chappelle's show and all these yeah. you know, shows you just Again, you would never really, you know, notice him per se. But now, two things I I really love is first of all that you have chosen him to be your subject and kind of giving him the spotlight because there's so many, your 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 movies a who's who of comedians. Mm-hmm. Everybody chimes in on Rick. Everybody has something to say about him. Mm-hmm. Everybody has, and and they all talk about him. They all know who he is, but for whatever reason. He never really came into prominence. Well, the crazy part about that is, is when we, because it all started like most projects or a documentary. He goes, oh, we're going to shoot this three minute thing and that's all it's going to be, you know. But in the throes of that, after we, you know, did sort of that initial shooting, it's like, hey, it'd be nice to get a well known comic or two in the film that you're very good friends with. Oh, yeah, you know, Colin Quinn would be great. You know, Nick DiPaolo would be great. The problem is, Rick, ne- he never wanted to ask for favors from anybody. Yeah. Personally, that was the light bulb that went off for me that uh. I was like, oh, this guy's never asked for a favor ever in his career. So once I asked, you know, uh, Colin Quinn was the first person to do it, who was nice enough to do it. Once we interviewed him, you're sitting here like, oh, this is much bigger than I ever thought because Rick wasn't selling himself. So yeah. it was kind of funny. He, you know, he hadn't been booked at the Comedy Cellar for about seven, eight years, and now he's booked properly there, you know, again. And Amazing. It's crazy. The movie really did, in that respect, like bring him back. I mean, he was an alcoholic when I met him. He hasn't had a drink in, <clears throat> in two years. And so it's just been kind of crazy. Like, uh, you know, there's a big ending of the film. I think I was mentioning this big reunion show where, you know, John Stewart and all these people showed up and did sets for the first time in forever. When he hugged me after and he was like, man, it was all in your head. And, what that meant to him saying that it was probably the greatest night in show business that he had ever had. I mean, for myself, that was like crazy, you know? So, yeah. uh, so that was the nice part of it that he never, he never called these favors in. So everybody's Sarah Silverman, you know, Sarah Silverman's like, of course I'll be, you know, I'll be in the film. Um, Bill Burr, of course I'll do it for Rick, you know? So it was kind of funny that he never thought anybody would do it. So I think that was a part of it sort of, you know, kind of elbowing him and kind of good, pushing him. Good. Well, I, that's an amazing story. And the movie is called, Oh, Rick, Oh, comma, Rick with an exclamation correct, mark. Correct. Yep, yeah. 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 You guys should check it out. It's very fascinating. And our own Mike Gams in studio today also has a very deep and storied past and, and present with uh-huh. comedy, right? Yeah. You, you've done a I've lot of comedy with Andy Dick. And- yeah. I've done, I didn't, you know, uh, comedy all over the country, yeah. in New York and L.A. and yeah. Chicago, Atlanta, right. and I like to tour a lot. Yeah. And you know, I've been I've been involved with a lot of different things. I, I make my rounds, yeah. so I could uh, relate to some of that. You know, and it sounds like that um, the act of you telling this story actually like influenced the story. 
Like by doing totally. this movie, it became actually a part of the narrative. Like it was a plot point within the narrative you were telling, like within itself. Does that make sense? It by put, bringing I mean, all these people together, it helped uh, create the situation where you had the show, and it sort of brought him back up into prominence and you know self confidence and really showing how much he valued it. Because the yeah. politics within any place, you know what I mean? Any place, mm-hmm. it's like you know obviously over the years you know with louis show and everything the, the the club became you know it had an aura to it and and that was sort of a nice thing that because a lot of people what i did the second screening we had after the after the uh premiere is i paid for the entire staff uh at the club to come see the film and a lot of people mm. that work there rick gets food for free you know he doesn't have to pay for anything and it's all from the original owner you know sort of those original guys they didn't really know rick's history within the club so sometimes like who's this guy getting free food all the time where yeah. Them walking out of the theater, they're like looking at him in a whole different light. Right, so it was right. kind of beautiful to kind that of see cool. that. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. I, I'm so glad you made this project. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the tail end of the show. But we should also mention at the top of the show that this week we are not recording the video version of this show for a couple of reasons. First of all, we're retooling the show, the video version, because starting next week on Saturdays, you will be able to watch us live. Mm. Or, for people who are Madcast account holders, and it's really easy to create an account, it's mm-hmm. two clicks. <laughs> you just create on the account tab on madcastmedia.com. So this is something that we've never done before. You'll be able to watch us live and interact with us live. We're going to be retooling that. And also, we should ask – now, I've never really asked our audience, speaking of asking for favors or anything like that, doesn't I've never really asked our audience to go to iTunes and subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I've never done that. This is episode 104 – and in the entire run, I haven't asked a single fucking time for fans to leave uh, leave reviews. And, uh, yeah, it'll really help out the show. It'll really help us out. And I really appreciate everyone who's supported the show over the years with our sponsors and, you know, f- sending in fan art and music and things like that. And the voicemail. I listen to every single voicemail, which we've got a shit ton of at the tail end of the show. I really appreciate that, guys. And let's keep the show going. Let's spread the word because now... <laughs> The best debate in the universe is also available on Spotify. How's that for a fucking plug? There it is. I should I should charge myself for that sponsorship. Solid. Yeah. But we should get to the debate this week, which is, are the Beatles overrated? This is a huge topic, and it's very hotly contested, Trigger. especially at parties. Oh, you got triggered, Dustin? Well. I do. But before we get on with the debate, let's hear everyone's buzzer. Here's mine. <laughs> Dustin? Trigger. And Mike Gams. Give me a second. You have to wait for my slow Apple product to get this up. <laughs> There it is. Eventually, oh! if you hear if you hear a buzzer from anyone during this debate, that means someone is disagreeing with someone else. We're just pointing out a logical fallacy and incorrection, or we just want to interject. But Dustin, as our guest this week, Wrong! what I just wanted to interject. You okay. said that was an option. You know what? You clearly said that was an option. Okay. If I just is, want to interject, I this can. This is this is unprecedented. But uh, right at the top of the show, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Douchebag of the week, and it's not even a caller. It's just Mike. Camp. I didn't even have to leave a voice. <laughs> also, wrong. That's okay. what I think of that. Yeah. Well, also... that wrong negated your previous one, so now it's a wash. Uh, Dustin, first stab at the debate: Are the Beatles overrated? Why or why not? Well, I think regardless how you how you feel about their music personally, I think you can't deny their influence on pop culture. I mean, obviously, the Elvis thing is its own thing, and. John Lennon, seeing him for the first time on screen and that, you know, that effect that it had. 
anyway, but I, I feel like as a zeitgeist, as far as pop culture goes and music, you can't deny their influence regardless how you feel about their music. Okay, and to that I would say <laughs> incorrect. I can <laughs> deny their influence. And I, I can sure as shit gonna try. I can deny whatever I want. Now I've heard the I've heard the argument. Uh, because it came out of my mouth that the Beatles weren't weren't that influential. I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to. I can deny, but I'm not going to deny that they were influential. I'm not. I'm not going to deny that. However, I don't think that they are as far-reaching and as influential. Everybody always says, "Oh, the Beatles are ground zero. I, I mean, they're definitely the ground zero of music. But uh, <laughs> little uh, little nine eleven spice on that one. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I would. Did you make know the case. that? Um, yeah, what? Uh, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Uh, that is incorrect. It can melt steel beams. That's some loose change, right there, my friend. Yeah, uh, that's uh, you know, fastened we, coins actually. Fastened coins. Yeah. So, um, so Dylan Avery, the guy who made loose change, is a friend of the show. He's been on the show several times. Yeah, so small world because I, I a long time ago criticized that that uh, his documentary and then we met at a party and became friends and he's a super nice guy. Yeah, there's a very compelling documentary that I mentioned. Uh, it was unfastened coins. Unfastened coins. Unfastened yeah. coins. If you're really into conspiracies, you should check it out. It's about how the Titanic uh, was an inside job. You know, um, and there's visuals like there's a you know it's very compelling. Like it's a hard argument to to, to well debate. You, I made this as an April Fool's video. It's kind of a parody of loose change. And years later, there's a raging debate about the merits of this fucking bullshit conspiracy I made up. And then people started looking into it. And around the time the Titanic was made, there was a twin ship that was made that was exact, exactly the same, right down to like the every every last bolt. And the the reason there's a conspiracy now about the about the Titanic with this like stupid bullshit that I made up is because some people think it was insurance fraud. The Titanic never sunk. And they created this uh, the second ship so that they could say that it sunk or whatever. I don't know. There's like some bait and switch going on. But anyway, back to the Beatles. <laughs> well, no, no. It, it ties <laughs> into the Beatles. Beatles. It ties in because yeah. um, uh, the yellow submarine is actually uh, an allegory for the Titanic. Is it really? Uh, no. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I thought that was so, Ringo. Like, okay, so let's talk about yellow submarines and how shitty that song is. Um, I believe the lyrics are, we all live in a yellow submarine. Tell me why that's not stupid. Well... <laughs> I'm just saying, if if Ringo, that's how good of a band they were. If Ringo can have a hit, that was Ringo's song. I that was a Ringo, so. no, yeah. absolutely a Ringo song. The, listen know. to the lyrics. I mean, it sounds like a it's a Ringo song. They had but, to throw him a bone from time to time. Now, who's Ringo? The drummer. Okay. You know what's funny about Ringo that? Starkey? Ringo Starr. Richard Ringo Star. Starkey. What's funny when they when they because he wasn't the original drummer for the band, right? And then when they brought him in, Ringo back in the day though was like a super cool guy. Yeah, but like, he was much older than them too. Exactly. So he sort of came in like Steve Buscemi style, like "Hello, fellow kids." Totally. Like, I'm one of you, but he's like 40. You know. So they yeah. hired him because they thought he was cool. Yeah. But then it turned out. He was cool. He's the only one who had that fucking cool ass well, mustache, actor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And, he and he had, had chops. And, yeah. yeah, every Ringo other. Star, Ringo Starr is cool. He'd have that like pinky ring on and stuff, drumming. I mean, I mean you're talking about someone who was on Shining Time Station. Yeah, you are. <laughs> What's Shining Time, Time Station? It was the greatest TV show of all time. It was like a Mr. Rogers style show that Ringo Starr was on Yeah, never back heard in the day. It. Never heard of it, but I have heard of The Monkees, which are super cool. Uh, but anyway, Dustin, back to you, the Beatles being overrated. Um, why do you think that uh, they are not overrated? Why do you think that they are so influential? I mean, you, I, again, if you're not, I guess it depends if you're not a fan of the music. You know, I think that can depend. I mean, look, obviously earlier on in their career, it was more about the fandom, right? Of just how people were reacting. It's like a Justin Bieber 
type thing just based on... Justin Bieber is like a Beatle type thing. Exactly, where... You know, it being catered towards young girls and just how they react where, you know, when they first were doing right their tour, when they stopped touring because it was so loud that nobody could actually hear the music. So, you know, there are some arguments to be made there, but I don't know, you know, on a personal level. Yeah. In terms of the albums themselves, the music, how that eventually, I think, ended up affecting pop culture as a whole. Again, I just feel like that can't be denied. I feel like. You know, again, you can kind of separate Ringo, you know, from the lot. But but I was going to say that from, I think, a large part of what was going on back then, too, when they really started to hit their stride, like leading into Sgt. Pepper, was the evolution of how how albums were made, how they were recorded, putting an entire record together that's this, you know, kind of whole, you know, piece. I think there's sort of that evolution of, you know, where we are now. I think there's, again, even if you don't like the music per se... I think a lot of that can't can't be denied from a recording process, from a songwriting standpoint. Um, I just that that's the part of it for me that's hard to argue. Okay, well let's just say let's just pluck someone out of the blue, like let's say me, all right, and let's say this person's like a super genius, and he's just like walking to, walking around one day. He's like a cool dude, you know. He listens to cool music. Wait, we still talking about you? Yes, or? we're li- we're talking about me, Mike Gams. So he's a real cool dude, right? And so he's like you? walking around. Yes, Mike. Fucking- <laughs> Tired of your shit, Mike. You're going to get a fucking demotion in this show, in the same I would, episode. I would love that. Or a raise. All right. No, definitely a demotion. Uh- <laughs> getting a raise out of you, clearly. <laughs> um- Aren't you the guy that said that um, lyrics should not be in music because it's just poetry trying to sneak its way yes, into music? Correct. I'm fucking tired. I first of all, that's my that's my point of view. My, the prism I come at music from, which is I hate lyrics. I don't want words in my songs because it's just fucking people trying to sneak poetry into your fucking life, <laughs> and I'm fucking tired of it. They put it under Snapple lids in fortune cookies. They put it on popsicle sticks. Just leave the fucking words. I'll read a fucking poem if I want to read a poem. And guess what? I don't. Poetry sucks. But leave it out of the fucking music. Can I just listen to the music? Anyway, back to what I was saying. A super genius just walking around department store, right? Beatles come on. And yeah, I hear it. And I think, yeah, it's an okay song. It's fine. Whatever I'm hearing right now, it's fine. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. And I, I never have to hear it again. Hmm. Right? And, and I don't have that option because yesterday took that away from me. Yesterday is the most covered song of all time, right? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of there. all time. It's been covered by everybody. I hear it all the fucking time, and it's just just the shittiest song. I hate it. It's a it's just fucking you know what it's you know what it is? It's like if you could take a napkin, right, that you cried into, and then you uh ring it out. Yeah, you ring out the napkin onto sheet music. That's what that fucking yeah. song is. I will give you that point about um the covers. Um there's never been a time in my life. When I want to hear somebody else pick up a guitar and sing a Beatles song. So Yet it happens worst. all the time. Yeah. Like you're walking down the damn street and you hear just some jackass with a guitar playing, of course, a fucking Beatles song. According to mentalfloss.com, yesterday has been covered officially more than 2,200 times. 2,200 times. And how long is that song? Like five minutes, right? 15, 50 minutes? It seems like forever. All depends so, on the vibe, man. Yeah. You know? So you multiply that, right? And it really starts to add up. The Beatles are just eating away at lives. They are eating away at your soul, at your free time, at but the good time. But is that them or the covers, though? Because you're blaming right. the original for being replicated. Right. So does that mean every time somebody has ripped you off in your career that you're to blame for their shitty version of it? Yeah. 
All right, Mike Gams. Begrudging agreement. I got that you. Point. Not bad. I, I'm just agreeing with you, Mike Gams. You didn't get me. I'm just agreeing that you made a good point. <laughs> mm. But I was going to say, you have to each his own. Yesterday's is, you know, a Paul McCartney song. You may not be the biggest Paul McCartney fan. I was more of a Lennon dude. So. I always imagine so, uh, John Lennon smelled really bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt well, about I, that. Well, I got, I got a voicemail. I usually play voicemail at the tail end of the show, but this is relevant to what we're talking about right now, so I'm going to play it right now. It's a voicemail about the Beatles and specifically John Lennon and John Lennon's greatest accomplishment. I agree with this caller. Listen to this. Oh boy. What's up, Maddox? It's the law here. I just got to say that uh, your assessment of the Beatles was spot on. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I like the Beatles, too. But uh, they're not on my playlist. You know, it just comes down to a few winning arguments. One, uh, every generation needs its own heroes. Uh, you know, move along, Beatles. Uh, two, I mean, I think the best thing, uh, the best Beatle was John Lennon. And the best thing he ever did was get shot in the head. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess they got that going for him. That's pretty Whoa. metal. I mean, anytime somebody's like, I, I like the Beatles, I'm like, let me see your phone. Let me see your playlist. Let me see your iPod, whatever you got your music on. Oh, you have no Beatles songs. So what the fuck? Yeah, man. Good call. I like well, that. Well, okay, so here's my thing on that, though, too, is, like, you learn them first. Do you know what I mean? When you're a kid, like, you experience that first. It's kind of like your first book or your first, you know, as your first album. It was like, that's just kind of the base gospel in that situation where I know what he's saying. Yeah, let me check your playlist. I don't have to listen to them because I experienced that when I was, like, 12 or 13 years old. Right. So I don't need, like, it's more of me just learning the history of pop culture and music where, okay, I can, you know, listening to this, I can see where all these things evolved into, but I don't necessarily need to go back through that shit again, you know? Would you say it's aligned with the viewpoint that you're trying to put across that, like, if you ask someone what's your favorite band and they said the Beatles, you maybe are like, what's your deal? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beyond would, you say, that. would you say it's kind of like saying Charlie Chaplin is like my favorite comedian yep. in the sense where right. it's like everything yeah. kind of stemmed from that? Okay. Right. I understand. Yeah. And, you know, that's but, the thing that people get obsessed with is that obsession of like, Who's the original, you know, when you start talking about blues and all these things where you start making arguments of like, who's the greatest guitar player of all time? It's like, oh, well, this guy did it first, so he's the best because he did it first, which isn't really necessarily the case. Yeah. I have this problem when people ask me, like, who's your favorite um, internet blogger, internet writer, you know? I'm like, well, the original guy, he's been ripped off so many times that, like, it's just diminished in value over time. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Mike Gams is like the new Taylor Nikolai over here. Yeah, the except the opposite. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if that, that there, it, makes it's, sense. It's a compliment and, and backhand at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So here's what I want to say. The two big douche canoes of the music world, right, in terms of fandom, are Beatles fans and Elvis Presley fans. They're just both intolerable, the worst to talk to at a party. If you get cornered by a fucking Elvis fan at a party... God help you. Yeah. I can think of one thing uh, worse, and I would like to cite an article called The 11 Worst Songs of 2004. <laughs> well, I'm uh, talking about fandom. Oh, like fandom. fandom and music. Okay. I, I mean, you know, and we're talking about like uh, classical music fandom. Oh, you know what? You know what else? You know, I take that back. There's also another uh, douche canoe in this uh, sphere, which is. Um, uh, classic rock blowhards. Yeah, I was going to say, there, there's so many people who say ACDC is their favorite oh band. <laughs> I mean, they're cool. You, Thunderstruck? Yeah, well, you guys are Get talking about gyms. People that are just gyms. By the way, one of my favorite rock and roll quotes of all time, and this is, it's so funny when people say that to me, is like Angus Young was being interviewed, and it's like, 
people say you've made the same album, you know, nine, ten times. He's like, that's not true at all. We've made the same album 15 or 16 times. <laughs> Which goes to show you, it's like, yeah, they just were making rhythm and blues, rock and roll, you know, whatever it was. They're not reinventing the wheel. So right. when I hear that, too, it makes me laugh where it's like even Angus wouldn't say that they're the best band on the planet. They're just right. kind of doing this one thing. Uh, if you don't, um, if you don't get a raging boner from Thunderstruck, there's something wrong with you. Check a fucking pulse. That song's so fucking cool. ACDC is cool, but I'm not like a turbo fan. They're fine, right? You know, same thing. The, I I listen to ACDC and I listen to the Beatles, and I think, well, the Beatles is okay. ACDC is way better, but either one I don't have to hear again. Uh, except I want to sometimes for Thunderstruck because it's a fucking cool song. As the deputy cadet moderator of the day, was that the position, right? Deputy, Your deputy cadet moderator of yes. the day. I would yeah. like to bring it back to uh, something about the Beatles. Beatles, um, where you're talking about the influence that, like, you can't deny the influence that they've had across culture, and that doesn't just apply to music. Like, if you look at even animation, like, you're talking about Yellow Submarine earlier, you can't deny the fact that the animation in that, like, film, that, like, music video sort of trippy cartoon thing didn't influence animation and and uh and also film and it's not just about the band the beatles and the however many albums that they put out in that time it expands like much further than that because then you got four guys who each were putting out solo music for x number of decades and then everything that spawns from that everything that that influenced from there so it's sort of like a seedling that sprouted into for better or worse a whole bunch of branches that it's hard to just like distinguish what's influenced by the Beatles and what's not because it's all just blurred. Their influence is sort of like painted over everything. When it takes over, it, ta- it becomes the, its own monster, you know, where it's like John Lennon's just like, you know, his whole like Jesus comment or whatever, you know, we're bigger than Jesus. I just think maybe even at the root of that comment, it has to do with something like this. It's like, well, we're just making, I'm just writing fucking songs. Like Bob Dylan was the same way. It's like, I don't fucking know right. what people are talking about. I'm just writing fucking songs. I think the band themselves, maybe, maybe Paul was taking himself a little bit too seriously, but yeah, I feel like in that respect, sometimes you don't know how, you know, people are going to react to it, how, you know, these things are going to snowball. You know, it hits such a big zeitgeist level. I can understand where people kind of turn around like, I do not need to hear Blackbird ever again. I think it's so easy for us to make the arguments that the Beatles are influential and great and yada, yada, yada. I just, I, I want to hear more from Maddox. Yeah. More I so hear- because I love your voice. Thank you, but Taylor. Taylor. How much are you paying this guy? And uh, can I help Taylor, you? Taylor's paying me. Oh, to be okay. here. Yeah, that's that's something that we haven't disclosed yet, but pay, Taylor's actually paying me. So I do want to say, though, about, about the Beatles. Uh, first of all, Mike, to your point that, oh, their animation's so influential. I don't think we can credit the Beatles for being that influential because that was a style and aesthetic from the decade that they came from, the 60s. Right, right? they're that one was, of the strongest examples of that that really, like... Well, they're the ones yeah, that like, were most memorable. Yeah, I, I want to hear you make your point. Yeah, so they, they're the ones that are the most memorable because they're one of the most prominent, but sometimes people who are hugely influential to a certain style or aesthetic aren't necessarily the forefront of that genre. Like, for example, everybody knows Kanye West, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, and they can point to him as like, oh, he's so influential. But really, like, you know, his roots came from someplace else, from people who are less popular than he right. is or was. And that goes back to uh, basically all music, which comes, which, you know, all modern pop and, and uh, you know, a lot of it comes from uh, jazz and classical from the roots and origins. You can trace that. And one specific example that uh, people like to ignore is Dixie, and I fucking hate Dixie. Dixie sucks. But I took a uh, what is Dixie? You're talking about like bluegrass. Dixie. And- 
Dixie's like old timey jazz, like something you would hear. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's garbage. It's just garbage music. Uh, not a fan. And I think just because something was influential doesn't necessarily mean that it was good, right? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of bad influences in our culture, and I think that the Beatles is one of those. Oh, uh, yeah. I I think I think You're gonna so. Go, not just are they Trigger. overrated, but they were a bad influence on society. Well, they could. The world be. would be better without them ever existing. I would. I wouldn't say that because they they created a lot of uh, jobs and industry. I mean, people bought a lot of their bullshit and trinkets. For your favorite company, Apple. So there is there is something kind of interesting. Apple, the computer company, and the Beatles, a uh, long time ago, kind of came to a truce, and they said, "Look, we will allow you to use this name in computing as long as you never get into music." Well. Fast forward to Hello. the time of the iPod coming out, and then iTunes, and Apple very much music. got into music, right? Yeah, but they're different things. It's like comparing apples to apples. Well, oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> but eventually, they came to a gentleman's agreement, but then when it came time to put the Apple, excuse me, the Beatle catalog on iTunes, oh, yeah, there was a big right. there problem. Was a holdout. I don't know if it's it's still... No, they fixed that. Yeah, I think It it's was okay. like a big yeah, deal yeah. when they put it all out. It was like within the last X number of... Days, weeks, months, years, whatever. But, like but a, sometime, sometime in the recent future, or recent past ish. Now, Dustin, let's um roll back a little bit because as someone who's not a fan of the Beatles, like say me, uh, you know, I don't hate them; they're fine. But when I hear words like Lennon and Paul and and um, who's the other one, Ringo, and all these like they're just they're just Harrison, whatever. George Harrison. It's just like words. And it just hits my face, and it just like falls off because it not, I absorb nothing. It means nothing to me. So for people who are not fans of the Beatles, which I, I would say the majority of people in the world are, um, <laughs> yeah, not, you you would say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I would. I could. I could totally foresee a, a situation. You Norwegian say would say that. It's a Beatles song. Oh gosh, no. You know what, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you might have to cut his mic. Yeah. You know what? Um, we're pr- coming up pretty quick on a demotion here, Mr. Gams. And <laughs> give me your I'm not. Shot. I'm not fucking. Okay. You give me it. I'm. I, I have no fear of you. All right, Mike Gams. You. Uh. You thought I was fucking around, but I'm not. I ain't. Af- I ain't afraid of a sentient hairy knuckle. Okay. So, Mike Gams, you are currently deputy cadet moderator, and you are going from deputy cadet moderator to <laughs> moderator. What? Yeah, eat shit. I'm just losing adjectives. That's yeah, all that's t- happening. Th- that's what ranks are, dipshit. What do you think a general is? It's just an adjective. That's all it is. Um, am I still uh, a? <laughs> am I still an adjunct professor at Maddox University? You are still an adjunct professor, but okay, uh, thin cool. ice on that one. So anyway, uh, now that we've uh, demoted my Gamzy, and, and I like that my shit. job here is to moderate and keep you on focus, but all I've done is derail you to talk about me. And my oh, I title. know, I'm super annoyed. Uh, <laughs> I miss Ron. <laughs> I may not Ron. be Ron, but I'm a Mikey. We do we have a mic, to Gams. Mr. Bolts isn't in this week. Yeah, he had some work to do. But anyway, Dustin, back to so something I want to talk about is. We, we kind of talked about this earlier, but uh, sometimes if you say you're not a fan of the Beatles, like people get really upset by that, right? Mm-hmm. Real, well, I mean, it's an instant. I think also, too, if something's like part of your life, you know, especially when you're younger, I think a lot of us listen to that, you know, a lot of people, their experiences listen to that music when you're younger. So I feel like if it is something that's part of who you are and you feel so passionately about it. So I think the second that somebody says that they know when they say it, they know that they're going to get that reaction out of people. I think sometimes maybe they don't even have... 
too much legitimate proof sometimes in that situation, but they are yeah. looking to get that reaction. I think people. it's a case where people structure their identity towards hating things, and Beatles is an easy target. Right. In the same way that I think that a lot of people who say they hate the Big Bang Theory and hate Nickelback have never listened to Nickelback and never watched the Big Bang Theory, but they feel like they get to be a part of that mob mentality where they get to hate something with other people, and they get to relate to other people that way. Well, I, I agree with that last point you made, but... The Beatles are not easy to hate because they are so revered. Like, people love the Beatles. And if, if you criticize the Beatles, it's like, you know, criticizing, I don't know, something else that everybody loves. Uh, like Star uh, Wars or something. Star Wars. Like, exactly. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, Star Wars, it becomes very controversial. What were you saying, Dustin? Oh, I was just going to say it's like in and out. You know what I in mean? In and out, it's yeah. Like this, like, argument of... The thing that's interesting for me, though, with the Beatles is, like, it's such a wide... Uh, catalog you know so it's like mm. I guess that's what I was bringing up of like this choose your own adventure thing where if you say that you don't like it it's like I'm like well be specific because again you can kind of go the John Lennon route you can go the McCartney route you can go the Harrison route I just feel like Ringo Starr is so the broad by the way I just wanted to say on the in and out thing I went on a, a date with a girl the other day uh, this is like two weeks ago and in the middle of the date, she was like, do you like In-N-Out? And I was like, it's okay. And she said, if I would have known that you were just okay with it, I would not have gone on a date with you. This is a true story. That is how passionate I, it, people yeah. are on In-N-Out. absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, That's absolutely it's, That's like, that's a scary tribalism behind something as mundane as a fast food it's restaurant that only exists on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's no, like they, pizza. It's like pizza spread. in New York. I could do without. I, mean? I like, could do without In and Out Burger, but I'm a Del Taco diehard. So yeah. that's that's my West Coast staple. So you got to get to Del Taco. If I'm like in the mood for diarrhea, I'm, I you know every now and then. But uh, <laughs> but I think your point is that people are very entitled. I use the term heavy entitled to their opinion, and they become so passionate about it. Where yeah, and that that situation where I would say to somebody, where it's just like, well, I think John Lennon's an overrated songwriter. And it's again, I'm sure that could happen where I was on a date with somebody it was like, if I knew that you were going to say that, I would have never gone on this. Date. It's easier to hate things than to love things. No doubt. And also when you love something, you're basically endorsing it. Um, and, and it's so much easier to just say you hate something and like make that your identity that like. And I guess I just keep going back to this identity. I talked about it last week. It's just this mob mentality mindset that like when you love something, you you become you put a target on yourself because then you represent it in some ways too. Yeah, people it's not cool to love something. It's cool to hate things, right? Put distance. It's it's easy. It's easy and fun. Look, I'm going to speak to my own personal experience with this because I have built a career on being a curmudgeon on the internet. I've been very critical of pop culture and I'm a social comment I do a lot of social commentary and a social critic. And Part of the reason that it resonates with so many people is that people identify with things that annoy them, and and they like to see other people who are also annoyed by those things. Um, There's a lot of fandom that goes around, but being a fanboy, I mean, that's a pejorative. Nobody wants to be a fanboy. You can't even say anything about a fan that i mean the word fan itself is somewhat neutral but beyond that there's nothing positive that comes from fandom well i think too and you i think you were bringing up this point before is it's i'm i've always been obsessed with uh, again pop culture from a level of idol worship mm. where you know the classic elvis story with his uh with the you know the memphis mafia was like Point him pointing at the clouds like, hey, baby, I'm going to make that cloud move. And the cloud, of course, fucking moves because clouds move. <laughs> right, and everybody's right. like, you know, his entourage is like, oh, my God, Elvis, you got secret power. You know, so it's even for people like 
you know, John Lennon and McCartney, you know, McCartney back then of just the level of idol worship that was happening of that relationship between them to them. It's like they're a God to a degree. So the second you're like, yeah, like, guess what? John Lennon wasn't perfect. Like he beat his wife and, you know, there's, there's things that made him a real person. He's not perfect. I think sometimes people don't want to hear that if you've invested so much, um, you know, into that. And I feel like that's a large part of a very good point. Is there anything out there? Like, could you name something that if, it's like universally adopted as like that's the thing everyone can like. Socialism. Get him, Mike. Trying, I'm trying. I think something that universally everyone likes. Uh, I think the Colonel, KFC Colonel. I the mean, KFC Colonel is a fantastic guy. He makes good chicken, and he was a kind man in his life. He was a, a, a philanthropist. Unless and just you ask the chicken. I was going to say like Dave <laughs> Thomas from Wendy's. He seemed like a pretty sweet guy. Dave Thomas. Uh, didn't he get uh, caught up in Me Too or something? Or- no, no, no. He, <laughs> he had a heart attack before that happened. Yeah, posthumously caught up in Me Too. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Um, well, yeah, what is something that is kind of universally The song All-Star. Uh, Smash Hey, Mel. now you're an I hate that song. I hate oh, it. Right. You're the only one. Hate it hate it it's so i i can't stand it what's that movie um where it ends on that song and everyone just like it's rat race i'm thinking of rat race guys is such a piece of shit movie watch it's worth watching the end of the movie seriously check it out on youtube look this up i remember watch rat race. watch the end of rat race it's the cringiest ending to a movie or maybe the cringiest moments in cinema i've ever seen it just ends literally with them at a smash mouth concert and and everybody all the actors in the entire movie are just crowd surfing while they play this fucking song and it's like a five Gross. five or ten minute sequence Did of you, them just dancing the argument can be made if something is is too popular is it really good if you're appealing to the masses right well so i used to be of the opinion that it was not and i used to you know people actually criticized me for being one of those guys like oh man you just hate everything popular no i don't dipshits there are a lot of popular things i like like for example godzilla godzilla's fucking cool as shit Mm -hmm. i like rambo I don't know how popular Rambo is, but he's fucking was. cool. That was a big deal. Yeah, right? was a big deal. I like the original Ghostbusters. That's super popular. I like Nirvana. Right. All right. Those, those, are, those are some cool and popular things. But you know, would you but- say that uh, Kurt Cobain was a poet, though? Kurt Cobain. Uh, I know how you feel about poetry. No, he was not a poet. His fucking lyrics sucked. And he knew it was. He was half of his lyrics were mumbly. Uh, and I, I, you know, and that's the difference between me and a Beatles fan. I can acknowledge the shittiness of the lyrics of Nirvana while still appreciating the music. I don't think that they are like, you know, godsend. They they haven't like moved the needle forward. And I'll tell you why. The Beatles are distinctly different from Nirvana in that they are overrated because the fans, the blowhard fans, attribute so much magic and mystique to their music when really all it is is a band that if you had plucked out of the 50s and put down today, their music would be just average pop, and their name is a pun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Trigger. something people forget. It's true. But Beatles is a pun. Do you know the, you said you like Nirvana. Are you familiar with the Nirvana song About a Girl? No. Which Kurt Cobain says was an ode to John Lennon and the Beatles. Yeah. So there's I mean, the okay. influence of it right there on a band That's you fine. just said that you like. That's fine. I, I That doesn't... But the same thing with Nirvana, you could make... You know, anybody that was even roughly around in the 80s, obviously, right, you know, the big story is how that band, you know, pushed out the hair metal bullshit that was happening. So in some respect, yeah, again, you could you could go both ways from the arguments like, okay, I don't really like their music that much, but 
you know, they were the ones who sort of kicked, you know, kicked the door open and opened that, you know, opened everything up in that respect. So, yes, they're influ- you know, they're super influential in that way. That you, I can get behind that. Maybe I'm not a big fan of their music, but I can get behind them, you know, opening that door. Well, didn't I'll, I'll the Beatles you- do that for the genre of music that was popular at the time too? They opened a door from what was popular to this new door that paved the way for a bunch of new shit to come through. Right. Yeah, but that also goes back to like is which came first, Elvis Presley or the Beatles, the chicken and egg of uh, the influence on rock and roll. Well, that, but here's, yeah, but that's the argument with Elvis too, where right, right. Like Robert Johnson came first. Right. I I don't know. I don't know. I, and the, at this point, it's just I'm just every anytime this comes up in a conversation at a party, I just want to like jetpack out of there, like eject, hit that eject button, and not even have the ceiling open up. I want to eject into the ceiling and break my neck and die. Totally like Willy Wonka style. Um, uh, Exactly, yeah. In a glass elevator. Yeah. But, you know, I think what we're talking about, I actually think there's an interesting point here to be had where, like I was saying, in terms of being too obsessed with the person where... They can't do anything wrong. I think, like, for me, again, a, a classic example for me is something, somebody big like Rihanna. Like, I'm not a big Rihanna fan. I think her voice, she's more of an instrument as a voice. She's not a, a great singer. She's definitely a tool. It's a, it, she's like a vocoder. <laughs> oh, my well, you gosh. Know, no, but I, she's like a, a synthesizer, you know, yeah, where it's just yeah. like they want a certain tone and a thing. And, yeah. But there's so many, like Beyonce, I've had this conversation where, I mean, I get hammered by people when I'm like, she's a very overrated singer. Go listen to her sing at last for Obama. Like, during the, I'm sorry, like, she can't, I'm a nerd where I'm like, she can't control her voice. Like, she can't sing like Etta James. I get so much shit when I say that, but I'm just trying to point out, you know, the obvious. And I think sometimes where they think, you know, you become so obsessed and so into the thing that they can't do anything wrong. And that's what I want to talk about with what annoys me so much about the Beatles and their fans is that they cannot acknowledge, and this goes to politics too, they cannot acknowledge any faults or flaws right. of the thing they love. Like you said just about Nirvana. It's the same, yeah, you at least you can admit. Yes. And and I'll give you another example. I'm a huge Pantera fan. It's One my, of my favorite. You love their bread bowls. They're fantastic. Not you're thinking of Panera, uh, but Pantera Pantera, the metal band, they're so badass, and I love them for years and years. It's that really cool southern groove metal. It's yeah. my alarm clock tone, and Cowboys it's been that way. Hell, right? Uh, no, it's um, it's a riff from the Dallas Stars hockey team. Uh. And if you guys haven't heard it, do yourselves a favor for the next minute of your lives and listen to this on YouTube. Look up the Dallas Stars fight theme, and it's by Dimebag Daryl uh, before he passed away. And it's so fucking cool. And actually, that riff came from another song called uh, Get Out of My Fucking Life. Uh, or no, it's called Get Out of My Life by Rebel Meets Rebel. Not a very good song, but that riff is so fucking badass. I, I hear that riff probably three or four times a day when my alarm goes off, and I usually listen to it to completion. Uh, but, but Wait, your completion or the completion of the alarm? Both. Good, good, good distinction. Thank you, Mike. But I will say this. As big of a Pantera fan as I am, I know their lyrics are really dumb. Most of them. Most of them are really dumb. They're meat-headed. There's not a lot of substance there, and I'm okay with that. It's just, it's almost like, um, you know, the cracker to get shit into your mouth. It's a scaffolding just so you can get the fucking burrata into your face. That's all it is. The bread is just, you know, it's just, the, it's a palate. It's funny you say or that because Pantera is one of my yeah. favorite. They are literally one of my favorite bands of oh, all Oh, hell time. yeah. And Right on. 
it's interesting in that argument at times where I try oh. to I try to make that argument to people because again, uh, the video that I always send people they're like fuck, Fan- fuck Pantera. It's that video of Dimebag doing the in store. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen that. It's really made, if you, if you guys have a chance, it's just him. It's like some place in Dallas, you know, in Texas, and it's yeah. him just w- by himself with the guitar doing an in store, and there's no ly- you know there's no lyrics or no vocals. So because I think a lot of people get pushed back by Phil's vocals, yeah, and it just shows him in a light that Dime's just like the fucking best of all time but even in that respect i know certain people i'm not going to be able to fully sell them on it you know just based on they can't get past the lyrics they can't get past the aggression of the vocals or the guitar or whatever it is and i can live with that you know what i mean i i I personally can live with that but it's i think yeah there's certain things that some people you know you know might not be able to get over well, speaking of getting over, uh, Dustin, I'm going to give you a final word on this debate. Okay. Why are the Beatles not overrated? Because I'm saying they're hella overrated. I mean, look, I think, like I said from the beginning, I think you really looking at their catalog, even like Helter Skelter, again, there's arguments to be made in terms of heavy metal. We were just talking about Pantera. That song is insanely influential. That could have been just one band that had one song and their one song was Helter Skelter, and you could make that argument that they could be one of the most influential bands of all time just based on a song like that being you know, so ahead of its time. All of those arguments can be made, but I think in the grand scheme of things, again, within pop culture of where we are now... Some of that, some of those songs sound really hokey. I personally don't like Hey Jude. I don't fucking need to hey listen Jude to that. Sucks. I don't need to listen to that song ever again. Shit song. But when I was 10 years old and I first heard it, I was like, okay, this is cool, whatever. It's part of my past. And again, I think yeah. that's why people become so just passionate and aggravated if you, you know, say that they're overrated or, you know, what have you. But I feel like it's more in the details that there's certain songs and certain moments, and like I said, from a recording process and all these things that. I just think there's certain things that just cannot be denied. And even just bringing up Helter Skelter, I think that's a really good example. Overrated. Don't forget to vote on madcastmedia.com, guys. (laughs) On that note, we'll have the results of this week's debate next week. But speaking of results, we've got the results from last week's debate. Dustin, last week we debated what's the worst thing about the internet. Off the top of your head, do you have anything that comes to mind? (sighs) Well, I think like the new trend of like Little Tay and the Catch Me Outside. It's just like, it's really just, I mean, the internet thrives on negativity. Um, I I always said it's like the the Vince McMahon, uh, all publicity is good publicity. Uh Uh, Like if I hate Kim Kardashian, if I go to Facebook and be like, I fucking hate Kim Kardashian, I'm not typing her name into Google. Um, So I just feel like that, it's like the ooze at the bottom of New York City and Ghostbusters 2. That is the internet. It thrives off negativity. Negativity yeah. and anger, so that's my least favorite. Well, I would say that's that's uh, almost like trash glorification, the new trend of the Cash Me Outside girl right. and Little Tay and all that. Uh, but I asked the audience, and it was kind of a roundtable discussion. We had a, a fantastic guest, Lacey Green, on the show, and we asked the audience, coming in dead last, and it was a roundtable, so we have four, four choices here. Coming in dead last is girls not DMing you back. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That Donald was, uh, my, Trump's Donald report. Trump's yeah Donald Trump mm-hmm. President Donald Trump joined us last week and he said that uh, he's tired of girls not DMing him back on Twitter followed by ad hominem attacks that was my choice <laughs> wrong you idiots ad hominem attacks are a huge problem on the internet <laughs> and this was interesting the number two choice was hate mobs hate mobs as being the worst thing on the internet but the number one choice was 
idiots finding each other more easily. Yeah. So that was like that was something that uh, that we kind of talked about at the at the tail end of the show. It's a little distinct from a hate mob specifically, but it's related because yeah. hate mobs are able to grow because idiots find each other, right. right? So it's the root of the problem is that they were able to find each other. I think so, which really harkens to the influence of social media in connecting people. Well, they get Mark, to monetize their shittiness together. Yeah. So I, I made the case in in my book not too long ago. I wrote a chapter called Fuck Following Your Dreams. And everybody always takes that phrase, follow your dreams. You should follow your dreams. It's just kind of like this positive, this universally positive thing. Yeah, you should always follow your dreams, man. Wrong. You shouldn't follow your dreams, <laughs> especially if your dreams are shitty. Yeah. And that's what people forget that's what people neglect people is that shitty dreams. Yeah, just because just because you have a dream and you want to do something doesn't mean it's a good one. Like for example, it sounds like folksy wisdom to me. Yeah, and I have fuck folksy wisdom as well. And that's this is one specific example of some some folksy wisdom that can lead to bad and negative results. Like dictators are also following their dreams. <laughs> Serial killers are following their dreams. You know, murderers, uh, cheaters, people who steal. There's a lot of bad people who follow their dreams. Well, I, always, shouldn't. I always felt the internet, my feeling was like, in some respects, it put the tools of professionals in the hands of amateurs. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. And I feel it. like that there are certain people that just shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah. And it, because even what you said about following your dreams, it's like that fucking definition of what the dream is is totally distorted now. Yeah. Um, and and also so Mark Zuckerberg on that note like the reason I said I brought that up is because he's his mission he always t- states in in public and what his goal with Facebook is that he wants to make the world a more connected place. Well, similarly, just like following your dreams can be a bad thing if you had bad dreams, making the world a more connected place can make the world a worse place if you're making it easier for bad people to find each other because they will get more power that way. Mm-hmm. You will enable shitty voices, marginalized voices. Like everyone's like, "Oh, we should we should elevate the marginalized." Are should we? I mean, people people should have voice, right? People should have the ability to express themselves, but by elevating marginalized voices, guess what else is a marginal voice? Fucking fascism and racist people and bigots and prejudiced people. All these deep dark pockets of the internet are now able to find each other and collect uh and and mobilize in ways that they were never able to before again i'll say it again that negativity thriving where it's like the problem is right let's say there's a video on youtube like look how shitty this guy fucking throwing a dog off a fucking building the problem is oh this video did 10 million views the focus becomes the 10 million views become the focus, right? You know, it's right. not about the negativity. It's like, oh, the views are the value. So it's like an advertiser or whatever. So that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy where, you know, the term, the 21st century term, you know, that the, the term fucking hating, you know, and just be like, oh, you're a hater, you're a hater, you're a hater. When I hear that a lot of the time, I'm like, that's reality. Like sometimes you need that reality in your life. And I feel like with the internet, it just allowed people to kind of group up and if you try to throw any reality their way it's kind of like they throw they're able to kind of throw up that shield because they're within their crew of shittiness well speaking of shittiness i've got some voicemail we should, <laughs> we should get to uh, we got a lot of voicemail this week uh, last week i talked a little bit about my favorite topics that i like to talk about and Number one was vaginas, followed by number two, which is storage solutions. Well, I got a, <laughs> got a voicemail. Very relatable topic. Yeah, I got a voicemail about that. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox. Um, I know that you said that uh, vaginas is your second favorite things to discuss. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you right. said uh, storage is your first uh, 
you know, favorite topic of discussion. Um, but isn't your first and second essentially the same thing? They're both places to store things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Huzzah! Oh. Hey! That joke maybe would have been uh, better if it didn't take him 30 minutes to get to, to the punchline that I, we already knew he was going to. Is he from Pittsburgh? I'm from Pittsburgh. I could. I, I don't know if there was a Pittsburgh accent in there, but that's probably why it took so long to set up. I actually yeah, cut I some. I actually cut some of that voicemail down. It was even longer originally. <laughs> yeah. Was I, he but, doing it from inside a vagina? It might be. That. I think he was doing it from a factory in Pittsburgh. Probably. Yeah. yeah. You could feel that like Steel City depression totally. like, in his voice. Yeah. Hey. Well, speaking of accents. Uh, we got a voicemail for Taylor, and Taylor, I think you're gonna like this one because uh, we kind of mentioned last week was Taylor's birthday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got uh, we got some voicemail about that. Hey guys, it's Corey. I just wanted to call and wish Taylor a happy birthday. So it's none of you fuckheads wish him a happy birthday <laughs> when he brought it up in this episode. You know what, Taylor? Thank you so fuck much, these guys. You can come join my podcast. You'll have to wait for me to start one first, but you can come join it. Well, thank you very much for the invite. Uh, I was very sad that none of them wished me happy birthday. Taylor, because it wasn't your birthday yet. It was like hours before your birthday. But yeah, happy birthday, Taylor. Uh, it was a very nice birthday. Um, I, I, I'm just speaking for you now. <laughs> um, I'll let the record show that I did wish you a happy birthday earlier in conversation. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. I turned 30. 30 yeah. years old. Wow. Look at that. Big boy Taylor. And speaking of Taylor, we've got some... Criticism. Oh, there's some Taylor yeah. voicemail. Oh, we got some. We got some Taylor voicemail. Uh, We're getting so much Taylor voicemail these uh, these last few weeks. Oh man. Listen to this one. Oh my gosh, Taylor, you're doing your job terribly. <laughs> you're the news reporter, and you forgot to talk about the story of the one dude that's 30 years old living in his parents' house that won't fucking leave. How did you miss that one? That's like the biggest news story of this week. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Uh, Do your job. Do your job. <laughs> How about, did you guys uh, see that guy? I saw that, new, I saw that news story. Alex Jones had him on? Did you see that? He no, did he really? On. Alex Jones brought him on, and I just thought it was so funny. I'm just like, man, that guy can fucking... Alex can truly spin and make a conspiracy like out of anything. Alex Jones paid him $3,000 to be on his show, and he credits Alex Jones as being the reason he's been able to move out of his house. Uh, wow, that's all. But his fucking uh, that guy's a fuck. He's full of shit. His parents even offered to pay to get him to move out. Yeah. He was just like being. I, I, yeah, that was a story that happened. For those who don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, some guy his parents, parents sued him. I think. They, yeah, they to, like to try to get him to move the fuck out, and, and the, finally the judge was like. Yeah, move out. You, he looks exactly like you think he would look. Yeah, like you, neck I beard, ponytail, it's like glasses. Exactly, like if you, yeah. like um, if you close your eyes and think of who that person is, it's exactly right. who he is in reality. And I'm gonna go a step further and say that the smell I picture him smelling oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he probably, smells like feet. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and cereal and stale cereal. Yeah, I don't think it's an accident either that uh, one of your listeners called in to be like, "Why didn't you talk about this story?" Because like when he saw that story, he felt represented in the oh, media. Yeah, really related you know? to it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of Alex Jones, I got a voicemail from our own Jesse P.S. from Pot Awful. Oh. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox, it's Jesse from Pot Awful. Look, say what you will about Alex Jones, but he was right about the frogs. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, brother. H.H. <laughs> <laughs> those gay, those gay frogs, man. Those gay frogs. Jesse yeah. is an expert on uh, on this subject because uh, he is in fact a pizza lawyer. He and, is. A pizza uh, he was lawyer. a pizza lawyer, that heavily involved with the PizzaGate. Oh, yeah. um, you know, breaking that story. So you know, and that's related to the Alex Joneses of the world. So. You know, so so Roseanne was in the headlines this last few weeks. Speaking of pizza, uh, yeah. So Roseanne kind of has 
she's not very eloquent on Twitter. It's just it's like a microcosm of Trump. What what she does and what she says, and she said something that got her in a lot of heat. Uh, some people said that she uh, tweeted something that was uh, racist and insensitive, and she got a lot of heat for it, and her show was canceled. But the reason I mention that is because our own Jesse P.S. from Pot Awful has uh, made a fake. Pizzagate video around the time that was all going around. Yes, and he said he w- he went out to the actual uh, you know the pizza establishment, and then he said he found the secret <laughs> basement at the pizza establishment, and he he just it was very clearly just Jesse in a parking garage, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to reveal everything in my next episode. I'm afraid for my life. Blah blah blah. Roseanne Barr saw that video, and then she retweeted it, and she said, "You are a hero." Dude, I have to say that the pot awful Pizzagate video is maybe one of the best things I've ever seen on the internet. That is Jesse P.S. at just his absolute finest work. I've told him this before. I love that video. It's like it's such a thinly veiled uh, satire that so many idiots didn't even know it was like a satire. And it's yeah. like it's so close to that line and just navigates it perfectly where he's mocking the fuck out of these idiots and they eat it up like it's genuine and I, sincere. I got to tell you, if you guys haven't heard Pot Awful, uh, check it out. It's, you know, there's some some uh, I don't think I think he's he's concluded cringe versus cringe on the network mm-hmm. for the time being. But he still does his Sunday show and his Friday night hangout. Explosion. It, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, Jesse, for the voicemail. We got, a, <laughs> we got another voicemail for Taylor. Oh, oh my gosh. I have so much attention. Yeah. You got to, And I didn't even bring all of them in. I listened to there's so many voicemails, but listen to this one. I would like to know what part of Minnesota Mr. Nikolai is from, because I am from Minnesota, currently reside in Minnesota. I have lived my whole life in Minnesota. And check this out. Bag. Yeah. Bag. Yeah. I'm going to bag us. my no, groceries no. and then go home and beg my wife for some sex after I finish this cream cheese bagel. Know what yeah. I'm saying? He I said it the right way. pronounced it the right way. Taylor. Not like you. Oh, yeah. Taylor says bag. Like, I have a bag of groceries. I, I thought he pronounced it like I did. I, 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 no, nobody does. Nobody. Oh. Not a single person. Just you. Oh. <laughs> I uh, am. Uh, so I went to the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. That's where I graduated graduated college. I uh, originally, I grew up in the small town of Stillwater, Minnesota, which is on the border to Wisconsin. It's a beautiful town. Uh, feel free to travel there if you ever want to go on an antique tour. Oh, there you go. Sounds super boring. Um, I got, it does. It does. <laughs> I got a voicemail about our guest last week, Lacey Green, which a lot of people thought was a controversial choice for me to have as a guest on the show because Lacey is a feminist, but she is a very reasonable person. And I, as many people heard last episode, I like Lacey a lot. And uh, I, I met her for the first time last year at VidCon very briefly, and we got acquainted on the show. Um, I thought that she was a fantastic guest. And a lot of people said, oh, Maddox, you've criticized, you know, I, and I do. I still do criticize a lot of things that, uh, that modern fem- feminism does and says. But I still have Lacey Green on the show. I've had a lot of guests on the show who I don't necessarily agree with all their points of views. That's but the they point are, of having, you know, I mean, that's, exactly. You're going to have a real debate. That's the way to do I, it. I've had like very, very deeply conservative guests on the show and very, very deeply liberal guests on the show, uh, and everything in between. And that's what I like to have the show. I like to, you know, bring something to the table that a lot of people can relate to and and disagree with. And I think that's what makes it fun to listen to. But I got a, a very, I don't know, um, nice voicemail, maybe backhanded. I don't know. But listen to this. 
when I first saw the title of your episode, and then I saw you had Lacey Green on, I thought to myself, oh, fucking great. Here we go. Lacey Green talking about what's toxic on the Internet. I always had this thought that she was so fucking insufferable. But after listening to the episode, I don't know. She was far less of a prick than I thought she was going to be. <laughs> Pretty good episode. Thanks. Lacey. Bye. Lacey, guys, yeah, she's she's a fantastic guest. She's a fantastic person. I love Lacey. And we went out for uh, dinner. We got Korean barbecue with our own news babe, Taylor Nikolai, after the show. And it's just fantastic. Like, she's so much fun to have on the show. Um, she's just wonderful. And I think that if people don't pigeonhole somebody that you, you think you're going to automatically disagree with just because you disagree with one or two of their opinions, if you actually give them a chance, you'll come to learn that a lot of people you may disagree with are much more reasonable than you think if you give them a chance. I think we need more of that. You know what I mean? I think that's what's, you know, it, it, we're so, in, again, I use the term entitled to our opinions that it feels like, okay, maybe we don't agree on something, but that doesn't mean we can't get along as human beings. I know it sounds really hokey and cheesy to say that, but. You can look for what you have. The You can look for the middle ground as opposed to the things that uh, that, that are divisive. Yeah, uh, I, I also just want to vouch for Lacey. Lacey's a wonderful human being. She's a very nice person. Yeah, she was great. Um, here's another voicemail about uh, storage solutions because I talked about just recently getting a Buffalo NAS, which is a, a network storage device. Listen to this. Hey, Lord Maddox, it's me. I'm not a Buffalo fan either. I think uh, QTAP is like probably one of the best right now. Uh, uh, Synology is pretty good too, but um, as far as features and stuff go, I, I think they have better options. So, yeah, fuck wheels. Hey, there it is for the nerds in the audience. And uh, by the way, I made a WGET reference you know, a couple months ago. And WGET is a utility, for those who don't know. It's a command line utility that, that lets you download things from the internet without a web browser. It's a fantastic tool. Anyway, I made a joke about WGET, which is so nerdy and so deep cut. And then I, th- I, made, I also made the joke that um, the developer would love that joke. And I actually sought him out. <laughs> I found I found the guy, the engineer who made this utility, this command line Unix utility, and sent him that clip from the podcast. And he just seemed mildly amused. <laughs> he didn't care that much. I'm like, man, it's your fucking program, dude. Who? How much like fanfare does W? Oh, get? that's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here's one last voicemail. This is about uh, Starbucks. And you know how Starbucks did that uh, diversity training recently? Mm-hmm. This guy noticed this. And I don't know if it's true, but listen to this. Hey, Maddox, I'm at Starbucks right now. And because of all this, like, controversy with Starbucks and, like, supposed racism and stuff like that, um, ever since a few days ago, they did their training where everyone had to, you know, Starbucks shut their doors for a few hours so all their employees could be trained on how not to be racist. Um, we've noticed the music selection that plays in the background when you're at Starbucks. It's changed. It's all R&B and hip-hop music now. So just thought that was a funny thing. I want to see if anyone else has noticed that as well. Uh, yeah. Fuck wheels. yeah, I don't know, man. I yeah, think that might I be confirmation was, bias. Yeah, that was a little Alex Jones right there. Yeah, a little bit Alex Jones. Trying to spread I, that. I don't think Starbucks has an edict to play more hip-hop and R&B in their yeah. stores. They, as part they of their sell diversity. a wide range of music there. Yeah, a lot of Beatles, too. What, I know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I was thinking? Something that's universally loved, or at least I don't, I've never met anyone who hates, is Frank Sinatra. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, people dislike Frank Sinatra. Particularly, like... Dipshits, right? No, I just mean 
It's kind of boring. I mean, generally. And but do you, but I'm sure he hates Frank Sinatra. Nobody. I mean, probably most of the women he interacted with in his life. <laughs> yeah, but they're all dead, so nobody hates Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I could yeah. see like Maddox. new like. Yeah. It's funny because like new rappers like Little Pump and all those guys are so like because obviously lyrically they suck and that's what they get called out for and they're just like man if, if it just fucking feels good it's whatever so I could see them with like this guy with a great voice like it would I just feel like they go the opposite of what everybody else likes so i could see like generations oh, oh. shitting There's on not frank a... just because of how cla- you know just it being classic well anyway anyway guys yeah i mean maybe maybe some people wouldn't like uh, frank sinatra but i think that overall um overall i think he's he's pretty well loved the only universally liked person is bob ross huh there may be some truth mm. to that mr rogers Oh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, no, there we you had, go. That's from Pittsburgh. Grew old, up off the same street as him, actually. <laughs> our old moderator on the show, Rucka Rucka Ali, hates Mr. Rogers. He And we got into a huge heated debate about it for weeks, for weeks. We got so many voicemails. He was sh- he called Mr. Rogers a cunt. Mm. Jesus Christ. But Rucka's yeah. generally an outlier when it comes to... Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what we're talking about with the Beatles opinion. thing. I just think it's one of those things he knows. That He's is a outlier. triggered response. Because everybody loves Mr. They got that documentary coming out. The trailer looks pretty Can't good. wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. Corn, Corn wrote, wrote a song about how they hated Mr. Rogers. Who, who did? Corn. Corn? Yeah. Really? Fucking Corn. Jesus. Well, anyway, we should get to some quick news headlines with our junior journalist, Taylor Nikolai. Taylor, yeah. what do you got for us? A plane was forced to make an emergency landing after passengers began to vomit and faint because of the of the stench of one man's body odor. Oh man, there, I feel like every few months there's a story like this. I read about. Don't they? Didn't they say it was just like it smelled like the guy hadn't bathed for weeks? They said. The I, flight- think, I think that's fair. I think that's fair game. If you if you reek so much that it's like causing people discomfort on a flight, yeah, stop the flight. The flight was headed to the Spanish island of Gran Canaria when it had to make an unexpected detour as passengers became overwhelmed by the, quote, unbearable smell of the, quote, unwashed man, (laughs) said one of the passengers. It was like he hadn't washed himself for several weeks. Several passengers got sick and had to puke. Staff on board the plane had reportedly tried to quarantine the passenger in a toilet of the Boeing 737 before pilots took action to divert the flight. Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do because I don't think legally you can force a passenger to stay in a bathroom cabin. That Which makes is like, me, isolate, yeah, just like be like, just get him into the bathroom. That makes me so happy because I take the bus and public transit everywhere. Yeah. So that's just like normal for life. Yeah. So I'm happy that these like plane passengers had to, you know, a little taste of what it's like. For us real road dogs out there on the bus life. What else you got for us, Taylor? A semi-trailer truck carrying a reported upwards around 30 million honeybees overturned on an East Texas highway on Memorial Day. One witness said her truck approached the scene. Hundreds of bees buzzed around the vehicle. Local beekeepers were called in to help move the bees to a safer location and try to redirect the bees back into their hives. They plan to move a queen bee in to try to attract more bees back to the hive for removal. Oh, my God. It's like a fucking Pixar movie. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like the telephone call for like the local beekeepers? They have this like yellow phone on their desk that's never (laughs) rung before. uh, It will be. (laughs) For the local beekeepers, this will be a day that will be remembered. It's like the the 9-11. It's the B-Day. Yeah, Yeah. B-Day. They still talk about it. Like, they'll tell their kids about it for years. On the campfire. Like, you watch that phone, it does ring from time to time. (laughs) Wearing glasses may really mean you're smarter, major study finds. Hmm. Researchers from the University of Edinburgh analyzed cognitive and genetic data from over 300,000 people aged from 16 to 102. 
Yeah. You know what? I wear glasses, <laughs> so I know that's true. I thought I, it was no, just a weak sperm, but yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this as uh, bullshit. I this sounds like a PR puff piece, and I've started to recognize these after I got into book publishing, and I took a bunch of consumer studies classes when I was uh, going to college, and you can spot these a mile away. And what they'll do is an industry lobby group will put out a PR piece. Uh, you know, talking about the benefits of milk or the benefits big of eggs. Dairy's a big one. Dairy's a big one, and then and then coffee's a big one, and then beef. Every every few months, there's a beef story. It's like, oh, beef is really red meat's better for you than thought. Well, then we once thought, and they'll just like gin up some study. This sounds like it might be one of those, and I I bet if you dig deep enough, you can probably find a connection to that. Uh, who's that big glass manufacturer? Lux or something? Yeah, they, it's probably something like that. Yeah. Follow yeah. the money. Yeah. Always follow the money. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds interesting. It's the Guardian. They're they're usually pretty journalistically integrity. The Guardian? Are you kidding me? You can fucking put in PR pieces in the Guardian. Really? Easy. Yeah. I feel the, like as far as the internet's concerned, now it's just like it's an endless appetite, and they're always trying to pump out content. One of the clicks. That's true. One of the one of the hardest publications, according to my professors in, in college at the time, to crack for PR shit, like putting in PR puff pieces, is the New York Times. Uh, they're one of the best. They don't uh, they don't go with that. Some of the worst are like you know, unless you're like the Democratic Party, which they're just like drooling over in every piece that's published in the New York Times. I mean, they're like super like, neoliberal puff piece publication. I was gonna say it's like sure. the opposite of like the New York Post. The New York Post is which just is a like, shit show, yeah. but. Yeah. Would you buy a million dollar vibrator? No. I'm going to say no. At How about you, Dustin? <laughs> Not for a million dollars. No. Okay. For free, maybe. At a cost of one million dollars, the Pearl Royale vibrator is a pricey way to get off. And that's the point, says Colin Byrne, an Australian jeweler. Byrne has been working on this high-end sex toy and raising funds for its creation for 15 years. Wow. 15 years. What does it do that makes it... Is it just more that because it's a million dollars, you're just getting off that you're blasting yourself with a million dollars? Yeah, you could just get a piece of gold bullion and shove it up your vagina. Like, Here's the interesting part of that story to me. The guy spent 15 years trying to raise funds for this million dollar dildo and he was only able to raise a million dollars for this dildo in 15 years that's not a lot of money in 15 years and he hasn't sold it according to burn <laughs> there is pre- there's preliminary interest from russian jewelers and members of the hip-hop community Mm. Huh. Mem- it's like, members. It's like the million dollar Wu Tang album. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. just like the million dollar thing just gets yeah. just gets attention. Just gets no one's off. used it yet. The pro- the prototype has been tried and it works exceptionally well, he says. Is it gold? Like what's what's so fancy? It's about full this? of jewels. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I got one last one. Uh and th- this is kind of a darker one, so uh I don't know how much comedy is there here, but it's something to talk about. Nationwide police are tackling a new type of gun violence. Hundreds of paintball shootings have been reported in multiple states. Guns Down, Paintballs Up is a movement that was intended to curb gun violence. It started in Atlanta with a rapper uh, who started putting things on YouTube and Instagram, said Milwaukee Police Sergeant. Police say Atlanta-based rapper 21 Savage's campaign against firearms may have backfired. They've linked at least two deaths to the paintball wars. Holy shit. Yeah, I I mean, people forget paintballs. You're still... Any type of gun that shoots a projectile at a high speed... It hurts. Yeah, especially if it's a, a projectile that 
is solid, yeah, it's going to leave an impact and can potentially. Yeah, it could potentially... Ha- I, I guess I should make it clear, no one died from the paintballs, but the paintballs provoked people to use actual guns to shoot oh, after that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And also, paintball guns look very realistic. Right, and that's something that police have an issue with. It's just like, how about we use no weapons? How about we don't shoot each other with stuff? No, we can't do that, Dustin. We have to shoot oh, each yeah. other. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. We, what we, was I thinking? Well, thank you, Taylor, for those headlines. Awesome stories this week. Dustin, thank you again for joining the show. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, oh man, I never do this. Uh, I'm at Sussbomb, S-U-S-S-B-O-M-B, on uh, Instagram. Not really big. Same thing on Twitter. Um, the one shout-out that I would like to give, and uh, my my film, uh, to distribute the film, I put up a GoFundMe, um, and I hate uh, begging for money, but uh, I've been homeless for four years making this film, doing everything in my own power to make the film. So it's, uh, it's GoFundMe.com uh, slash O-Rick. Um, I hate even saying these words. It makes me sick to my stomach, but, uh, but I'm just looking for really just any support um and yeah that's about it hey man that's awesome well you know maybe maybe that's a lesson you can take from your own film which is uh you know ask people sometimes that you you never know you won't know sometimes until you ask but yeah check it out guys it's gofundme.com slash o rick that is correct and o h rick correct so it's o h r i c k r i c k all right guys thank you so much dustin thank you again for joining us on the debate Thank you to Mike Gams, Thank moderator. You. Moderator. Thank you to the junior journalist, Taylor. I like Nicola. you guys kind of like me. But most of <laughs> all, you're welcome. N I K O L A I. Happy late birthday, you beautiful guy. Whoa, I want to say happy so late much. birthday to. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, to Taylor. Damn it. Yeah, happy late birthday, Taylor. Thank you, everybody. Love you guys. You guys are all great. Fuck Wales. Oh man, the, the fact that people are singing the theme song must make you so mad, Maddox. I, I, I just, and I, I, I'm getting anger sweats. I hate it so much. Maddox hates this. I'm not allowed to sing the song in the podcast anymore. So the only way you can hear the song is by you guys calling in and singing it. That's I, not true. You can sing. You can sing it. I'll just cut it. Go ahead, Taylor. And I K O L. And that's it. <laughs> hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.